morning. Good to see everybody out in this monsoon. <laughs> it's just coming down raining as we kick off our revival today. I'm glad you're all here in the house of the Lord. We have any guests with us today? First time here, first time here ever. I'm looking around. I think I recognize most every face. A couple of them done growing a bunch of hair. I didn't almost recognize them, but I, I, I know who they are. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, good to have everybody with us today kicking off revival. And how many of you got wet yesterday at the wedding? All right. You know something I learned? Pretty doggone awesome. My cheap suits that I get at J.C. Penney, and, or, so I get, yeah, J.C. Penney, Stafford, are waterproof. <laughs> I'm serious. It's better than any rain jacket I've ever owned in my life. That thing just beat it up and rolled right off. My white, I'm wearing the same white shirt underneath today. I didn't need to change it. No, I'm just kidding. But it, I, I stay dry as a bone underneath. I mean, my head got wet, but other than that, uh, it was pretty amazing. So anyway. Next time I need a raincoat, I'm just grabbing my suit jacket. I'm good to go. Anyway, good good rule of thumb for you today. Good to see you again today. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to bless our services today. And uh, just remember this, the revival every night this week through Wednesday. So Sunday night, that's tonight. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. It'll be at 7 o'clock. So tonight is what time? Not 6.30 like normal, 7 o'clock. You can come on at 6.30. Maybe we'll have a little prayer meeting beforehand, but, but uh, 7 o'clock is the time. And so let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, we thank you again for, Lord, the day that we have to assemble together, Lord, to open up the Word of God just to hear truth, to sing praises to you, Lord. Uh, our, our Savior, the Lord Jesus, is worthy of all of them. Now, just bless the services, and may Jesus be glorified and magnified in this place today. In Christ's name, amen. Well, good morning. Let's go ahead and stand as we jump into the worship part of the service. The whole point of worship is to glorify God. And is that today's PowerPoint? Then I might have made a mistake. Can you go back to uh, 10? I apologize. Technical difficulty, we're all good. <clears throat> 10, 11 morning service. Well, in that case, uh, what if we just jump to the hymnals for now? We'll just uh, we'll just do this one here, right? Three hundred twenty-three. Everybody, grab your hymnal. It's that green book right there in front of you. <laughs> we'll just take a moment. At the cross is the first one. Followed up by Victory in Jesus, which I know half of you probably don't need the lyrics for, but that's okay. Uh, we'll go ahead and start out with At the Cross 323. Yeah. 
Victory in Jesus, 353. 353, Victory in Jesus. Sing two verses of that. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
glorious dawn that my Lord I'll see. this time, we'll have our time of prayer before, uh, before the final song and the preaching of the Word. Right now, go ahead and uh, pray quietly by yourself or with the person sitting beside you and ask God to, to speak personally uh, to you today. Let's go ahead and have a moment of prayer. God, I thank you that you are God alone, that there is no, no being, no thing in competition with you. You are the one true God, and we can trust you. I thank you that you died for us on the cross, giving us the hope of salvation. I thank you, God, that 
even while we were still enemies of you, you loved us enough to die for us. I pray that you would be with Brother Taylor Gillespie, that you would give him strength, that you would uh, equip him to share exactly what you would have him share, uh, that we would hear what we need to hear, not what we want, but that your Holy Spirit uh, would, would speak to us individually. I thank you, God, that uh, your word is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We give you this, uh, this morning, tonight, and the uh, next few evenings as well. pray that you would speak to us. We love you, God, and we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone, go ahead and please stand as we sing our um, final song. And as we kick off the fall revival, we are looking for one thing, and that's to see Jesus Christ. If you need direction in your life, Jesus is the way. If you need uh, something real, Jesus is the truth and the life. If you need sustenance, He is the bread of life. If you need hope, Christ has paid for all of our sins, past, present, and future, and He offers us salvation. He is the only one worthy of our praise. So let's sing in Christ alone. Introducing once, and I'll just turn him loose after that, all right? 
evangelist Taylor Gillespie's with us, and uh, today that uh, that uh, we have a lot of mutual friends. Uh, I haven't got to meet him. We we've talked a little bit and text a little bit and things like that. But but here's the here's the coolest part. We have mutual friends, and I brought him in anyway. Amen. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to hearing my brother. I, I've heard nothing but great things. And listen, when you open up the Word of God and you preach it, it's going to be great. And uh, that's just all, all that matters anyway. So, brother, he's from Texas originally. I know that much. Anyway, I'll let him fill the rest in. His, his lovely wife and his his not shy daughter. Amen. And uh, she's going to be. She's my helper. She already told me she's going to help me this week. So I'm thankful for that. So come on up here, brother, and preach to our hearts today. Amen. All right, there we are. Hey, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 6 this morning, 2 Kings chapter 6, and it is a joy to be here. I sure appreciate the opportunity to come and spend the next couple of days with you, as Pastor said. Uh, my name is Taylor Gillespie. Glad to have my wife here, Jessica, and our little girl, Kylie. She's three. She'll be four next month, and she's a pistol, so you, she may be swinging from these lights before it's over this week, And so, but we're glad to be here. We are. I was raised in Texas, as Pastor said, but for the past six years, we have lived in Arkansas, and we're in evangelism, so we travel and live out of our car like homeless people. It's wonderful, uh, but we are sure are excited to be here. And last several years, the Lord's allowed us to come out to Virginia and North Carolina during the fall time, and the colors begin to change, and so we've been looking forward to colder weather. And this week, today, yesterday, we pulled into town and made three different time zones we've been in this week alone. And so I flew back home from Arizona last Monday, and we got home and repacked, put our summer clothes up and put our uh, fall winter clothes in the bag and then we drove out here and so we're just all over the place but glad to be here with you this week and I'm excited to be here with you and to preach to you and I believe the world's going to work in our hearts this week and we're living in crazy days aren't we and our world's in a mess uh, we're in the middle of a, a political war zone uh, there is unrest in the streets and we are just inundated with voices all around us and, and opinions and shouting. And we've heard from everybody else in the world, but this week we need to hear from the Lord. Amen? And so we're going to open up the Word of God. And i got one goal this week, and that's simply this. I want to point you to Jesus. Uh, whether you're lost, whether you're saved, I want to point you to Jesus this week. That's my whole goal. I'll tell you up front. And so I just, I believe we're going to have a good time in God's Word and just praying about service by service. I, I don't know what I'm going to preach this week. It's just service by service. Lord, what do you want for us uh, this week? And I'm just going to preach the messages that He lays on my heart. He knows what we need, don't we? And so we're going to trust Him to lead us every step of the way. And so I hope that you'll make plans. I appreciate you being here this morning. And you woke up. It was nasty out there this morning and dreary and rainy. It would have been easy to just hit the snooze button and keep on sleeping. But you rolled out of bed and came to church. I commend you for that. Uh, but I want to encourage you to come back tonight at 7 o'clock. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. And just one service at a time. Allow God to speak to you and work in your heart and life this week. And how many has been saved long enough to know... Uh, that this week the devil's going to do everything he can do to keep you from coming this week. How many knows that? And so if you know that ahead of time, then go ahead and use the crock pot this week and lay your clothes out. And you say, Brother Ty, I mean, if I'm going to come, I'm, I come straight from work. I'm going to be in my scrubs, my work clothes. Uh, that's fine. As long as you wear something, you're welcome to come. Amen. And so you come, even if you're a few minutes late. You may miss a few of the songs, but you'll be here in time for the preaching. And so you come and try to have somebody with you this week. And you'll find this week that I don't preach long because I preach fast. And so uh, we're not going to come and hold you hostage here all night long. We're going to come, hear a few songs, and get right to the preaching and allow God to deal with our hearts. So I'm excited to be with you this week. I'm just a simple country preacher. Is that okay? And no one's going to walk out of here in these services and say, wow, that was over my head. You may walk away saying that hit me right between the eyes, but it will not be over uh, your head. So I'm just excited to see what the Lord's going to do. And my encouragement I'll ask you to do this week is you do whatever Jesus tells you to do. I'm going to do that. I'm going to ask you to do that. And together we're going to have a good time, okay? And so I look forward to We're going to get here early before the service each night. We'll stick around in the lobby as long as you want to talk. 
And so we're here to help you any way that we can, here to minister to you and be a friend to you. And it may take us a service or two to get in sync. I'm new to you, you're new to me, uh, but I think uh, it's going to be a good, good week. Second Kings chapter 6 this morning, I'll be in the Old Testament, and I'm going to look at an event that took place in the life of Elisha's life. And if you're familiar with Elisha, you know that his life and ministry was characterized by miracles. In fact, one commentator called him the miracle prophet. And when you come to Second Kings and the first couple of chapters, you find, first of all, he was involved in a miracle of raising a young man back from the dead. Now, I don't know how you rank miracles on your scale, but I rank that pretty near the top on mine. Amen. I mean, raising someone back from the dead. You raise, you read a couple of more chapters. And uh, we find that he's involved with healing uh, Naaman of his leprosy. I would rank that pretty near the top as well. Uh, but the miracle that we'll see today in chapter number 6, I would not rank this miracle uh, near the top of the scale or even near the top of the scale. I would rank this miracle towards the bottom of the scale. I would consider this a little miracle. Can I say that encourages my heart this morning? You say, why is that? Because that tells me that God is not just concerned and interested with the big things going on in my life. He's concerned about the little things going on in my life as well. Hey, the mundane things and the everyday things and the normal routine things. God cares about every area of our lives. How many is glad about that? We have a God who cares. We'll look at 2 Kings chapter 6 this morning. I'm I'll be a little bit different this morning. Normally I'll read the text and, and give an introduction and jump into my outline. But this morning I'm going to walk you through the first couple of verses of chapter 6. And then we're going to get to chapter number, verse number 5. And that will be the heart of our message. I'm going to give you five quick points and then we'll head on to the house. Is that okay? That's a little bit different for me this morning, uh, but I think the Lord will use it. Notice chapter 6, verse number 1. The Bible says, And the sons of the prophets, you say, now who were they? Uh, that was like an upstart seminary or Bible college in the Old Testament. And in fact, there was three of them. There was one in Bethel, Gilgal, and here in Jordan. And Elisha uh, would travel the circuit and spend time at these three different seminaries, if we can call them that. And he would spend time with these young men, investing and training and teaching and helping to raise up another generation uh, of prophets and preachers of the Word of God. And can I say in 2020, you won't hear about it on Fox News and you won't hear about it on CNN, but God is still raising up some young men who would preach the Word of God in this generation. Uh, this uh, this summer, we uh, had cancellations right and left, as you can imagine. But we had a couple of camps this summer. It was a joy to see that by both of those camps uh, that God called some young men who since the call uh, to surrender their lives to preach the Word of God. Isn't that encouraging today? And certainly I believe that would be maybe the primary application here, but I believe there's a secondary, even broader application Application here, and that is simply this life on life discipleship. Life on life discipleship. He was one mature believer and spending time and in investing and in training and teaching and helping less mature believers along in their spiritual lives. Can I say that concept did not just begin the New Testament. That started all the way back in the Old Testament. Listen to me. Moses had a Joshua. Elijah had an Elisha. Elijah had the sons of the prophets. Jesus had the disciples. Paul had Timothy. It's life on life discipleship. One mature believer helping along less mature believers along in the Christian life. And can I say this morning, we all ought to be involved in that. We all ought to be involved in that. That ought to be taking place all over this church. You say, well, preacher, we understand that. I mean, that's, that's the way we have staff, and that's the way we have a leadership, and that's, that's the way we have Sunday school teachers. Listen to me. That's not just for staff, and that's not just for Sunday school teachers. That's not just for the leadership of the church. That's for everybody in the church. Everybody ought to be involved with helping somebody else along in the Christian life. You say, well, I mean, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a how, how does that work out? Real simple. you got some older folks here this morning, don't you? Amen. It looks like an older couple taking out a younger couple to a restaurant and say, hey, we just want to spend some time with you this evening and we want to share some things with you. We want to share some things as we look back over the years of our marriage and raising our family in those early days and those early years. Boy, there's some things that we could do. We would go back and do some of those things differently. But there's also some things if we could go back there, uh, we wouldn't do different at all. We, uh, we were glad we did those things. And listen to me, you as an older couple could share those with a younger couple. And don't you think God could use that in their life? 
Listen to me, just a mature couple in the Christian faith helping a less mature uh, couple in the Christian faith along in their Christian life. Just Hey, listen to me, somebody helped you along. Somebody helped you to get where you were. Let me ask you a question, who have you helped along? Well, we ought to be helping folks along in the Christian life. And so the Bible says, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for uh, for us. The word dwell there doesn't necessarily mean where they necessarily live with him, but rather where they sat at his feet and they they learned and they received the instruction from him. You can think of it as a seminary. The uh, the dormitory uh, with thee is too straight for us. Apparently God had blessed this location. It began to grow. And now they were in a transition transition time. They needed a bigger facility. Isn't it good when God blesses a ministry or, or a business or a family and uh, uh, there's, there's growth? Isn't that a good thing? But listen to me, when there's growth, there's transition as well. When God blesses a family and you have a few more kids, there's some transition. Amen? If God blesses your business, there's going to be some a transition. When God blesses a church and there's growth, there's going to be transition involved. So they said, it's, it's too straight, it's too small for us. We need a bigger location. Verse number two, they said, let us go, we pray thee unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make the, uh, us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, go ye. They said, let us build a bigger facility, a bigger dormitory, a bigger seminary and he said go ahead you have my blessing verse 3 and 1 said be content I pray thee and go with thy servants they said Elisha we want you to go with us we need your counsel there we need your presence there won't you come with us and he said I will go verse 4 I love this so he went with them and when they came to Jordan notice these last four words they cut down wood they cut down. You know, that tells me that everybody was involved in the work of God. Listen to me. This wasn't like the highway department where one person was working and the rest were sitting around watching. Come on, you've seen that. That may work for the highway department, but that ought not be how it is at church. Listen, everybody ought to be involved in the work of God. And can I say we heard a great Sunday school this uh, lesson this morning from Brother Mike. Listen, the, the, the church of Revelation there in Ephesus, the Bible says that Jesus committed them for their work. They were a busy church and they were busy for God and God commended them for that listen to me we ought to in a right sense be busy for God we ought to be serving do you realize when you got saved God gave you a gift that's what the Bible teaches. God gave you a spiritual gift, and sometimes more, but everybody got at least one. And it's your job as a believer uh, to uh, discover that gift and to develop that gift and to deploy that gift right here in this church. So let me ask you as a question as your friend this morning. What do you do for God in this church? Somebody said churches are 50-50. 50% of the people do the work, and the other 50% let them. Which half are you in? Some are 10%, 90%. 10% of the people do 90% of the work. Some church members are like blisters. They show up after the work's done. Listen to me, we ought to be involved in the work of God. And I don't believe this was a drudgery thing. I don't think it was like, oh, we have to. I think they were excited about what God was doing. They, they, they said, we want to be a part of this. We want this thing to go forward. We're excited about what God is doing. And their heart was to be, I want to be involved. Listen to me. Isn't that how our heart ought to be around the church? Our heart ought to be, if there's something going on at the church, I want to be a part of it. If there's a special meeting, I want to be a part. If there's a work day, I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of what's going on in the ministry and the work of God. And so the Bible says, they cut down wood. Now, verse number five, this will be the heart of our message. I'll give you five points, and we're done this morning. Notice verse number five. But as one was felling a beam or cutting down a tree, the axe head fell into the water. Can you imagine that with me this morning? Here's a young man. He's swinging the axe. And, and he went to make one final swing. And all of a sudden, the axe handle went light in his hand. And the axe head flew off the axe handle. It went flying through the air. It splashed into the water. And it sank down to the bottom. And the axe head fell into the water. I want to preach on this subject for the next few moments. When you lose your cutting edge. When you lose your cutting edge. Father, would you help us this morning? And Lord, we need to hear from you. Lord, this is a week of revival. 
And Lord, we're not seeking something weird or some phenomenon. Lord, we're simply seeking to return back to normal. That's what revival is. It's returning back to normal. And so, Lord, would you help us to get back to where we ought to be? And Lord, where we desire to be? Lord, oftentimes in the Christian life, apathy can set in. And we find ourselves in that spiritual state of lethargy. Lord, would you shake us this morning? Would you move us and stir us in our hearts and help us to be pointed back to you? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's times in our Christian lives when we lose our cutting edge. We go through spiritual dry spells. We become spiritually ineffective. We may be busy, but we're not productive. We may be active, but we're not making progress. We may be swinging, but the trees are not falling. It happens in your life, and it happens in my life. We all go through seasons like that, and we say, what's the point? When you lose your cutting edge, you cease to be effective. When you lose your cutting edge, you cease to be effective. You say, Brother brother Taylor, well, well what's the parallel there uh, to the Christian life? I believe Jesus said it well in, in John chapter 15. He says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. If you abide in me, I'll abide in you. For without me, ye can do nothing. In other words, if you don't stay in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't stay in sync with Him, and if you don't stay connected with Him, if you don't maintain fellowship with Him, you're going to be fruitless and unfruitful in the Christian life. You're going to be ineffective in the Christian life. I think it was a great example in Luke chapter 11. Don't turn there, but Luke chapter 11 verse 1, the Bible says that Jesus went to a certain place to pray, and when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. I think those disciples had seen Jesus in public. I mean, they saw the public ministry. They heard the preaching. They saw the miracles. and They saw the dead be raised back to life. But when they walked in on that private moment of Jesus, I believe they connected the dots between the public and the private. And can I say this this morning? If you ever expect to be much for God in public, we've got to learn to be much with God in private. Listen to me. That's where the cutting edge comes from. That's how you and I maintain our effectiveness in the Christian life. When you lose your cutting edge. Notice number one, quick outline, simple message this morning, just to prime the pump for the week to come. Number one, we see this, we see the problem. We see the problem. Notice it says in verse number five of our text this morning, but as one was filling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. Now that's my belief. I don't believe that that axe head fell off all at once or just all of a sudden. I think gradually over time it got looser and looser until finally it gave way and it flew off of the axe handle. Can I say this? In our Christian life is the same way. We don't normally just lose our cutting edge overnight. Usually it's gradual and it takes place over time. And if this young man would have just stopped every maybe five or ten swings and would have examined the axe, uh, the axe handle and the axe head, he would have saw that it was getting loose and he could have made the necessary adjustments uh, before it came loose. Can I say every once in a while, you and I would do well in the Christian life to stop and have a spiritual self-evaluation and a, and a spiritual self-examination and ask ourselves, how is my relationship with the Lord? How is uh, my fellowship with Him? How's my prayer? Uh, how's, my, how's my Bible reading? How's my walk with the Lord? What, some of you at one time in your life, your Bible reading was tight. And your prayer life was, was tight. And your walk with the Lord and fellowship was tight. But as time went on, your Bible reading got loose. And your prayer life got loose. And your walk with the Lord got loose. Come on now, help somebody help me this morning in Virginia. And little by little, and gradually over time, we begin to lose that cutting edge until one day we realize it's gone. Listen to me, you don't usually just walk out in the morning into the driveway and find that your tire's flat. Usually there's been a leak or a nail in there for some time, and then finally it all catches up. Number one, we see the problem. It didn't happen all at once. It happened gradually over time. Notice this, not only the problem, notice the pause. Notice the pause. Now, I want you to notice what the Bible says here and what it does not say. But as one was filling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. Notice what the Bible says and what it does not say. It fell into the water and he kept on swinging. 
Not what mine says. The Bible says, and he cried. So in other words, when the axe head fell off the handle, he stopped swinging. He took a break. Listen to me, that's the best thing he could have done. Do you realize that if he would have kept on swinging without the axe head, he would have caused more damage. He would have held up the work. He would have hindered the progress. Listen, the best thing he could do was when he lost that cutting edge was to stop swinging. Can I say that's true of you and I as well? The best thing you and I can do in the Christian life when we lose our cutting edge is to take a break and to stop and to pause and to reconnect with God. Listen to me. I know my personality and I know I got a sharp tongue and I, I, I can be a little sarcastic. And so I know that if I'm not right with the Lord, I can cause a lot of damage up here. And by the way, a lot of preachers have What's well, a dangerous thing? We lose our cutting edge. Can I say, and listen, I don't know how your church operates, but if at some point a Sunday school teacher began to sense that they were losing their cutting edge, it would be appropriate, it would be healthy for them to come to the leadership and say, listen, can you have someone fill in for me this week? Because I feel like I'm losing my cutting edge and I just need to take a week off so I can reconnect with Jesus so I can more effectively lead others in their relationship with Jesus. Now that doesn't happen, but it ought to. There was a pause. As soon as he realized that he lost the cutting edge, he paused and he took a break. That's the right thing to do. Stop swinging. Notice number three, not only the problem and the pause, but notice the panic as well. The panic. It goes on to say, uh, that after the semicolon there in verse five, or the colon, the Bible says, and he cried. If you could put your ear up to the word of God this morning and audibly hear the cry coming from his mouth, I think you would have sensed there was panic in his voice. There was some stress in his voice. There was anxiety in that cry. You say, what was the big deal? Notice the last four words, please, of verse 5. For it was borrowed. Oh, it didn't belong to him. In fact, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but the Hebrew scholars tell me that the word borrow there means to has the idea of begging. So in other words, he didn't just borrow this axe. He begged someone to borrow that axe. I can almost see it went down like this. Maybe the project got started and everybody I grabbed an axe and everybody was in a part of the world, but the young man did not own an axe. He did not have one in his possession. But he heard someone there in town had one. So he went uh, to knock on the door. And I can just imagine the gentleman opened the door. And the young man said, sir, uh, there's a project going on out here. And I, I need an axe and I don't have one. I heard that you have one. And I I'd like to borrow it. And he probably pulled out the ministry card. It's for the ministry. And uh, and I can almost hear the man say, well, I do have an axe. You are correct. Uh, but, but, but I've had this axe in my family for a long time. In fact, it belonged to my granddaddy. My granddaddy passed it down to my dad. And my daddy passed it down to me. I mean, this has been my family a long time. I don't just loan this out to anybody, but I'll let you borrow it as long as you bring it back just the way I gave it to you. Maybe it went down like this. The man says, well, I mean, I, I got an axe, but I mean, you can't just find these anywhere. These are hard to come by, and, uh, and I don't just loan it out to anybody, but I'll let you borrow it as long as you promise to bring it back the same way that I gave it to you. And so you can imagine as the axe head flew off that day and splashed into the water and sank down to the bottom, not only did the axe head sink, but his stomach sank as well. You say, why? Because he realized at that point that he would go, he would have to go back and give an account for that which he had been given. Listen to me. Your life is borrowed. Your time is borrowed. The gifts that God has given you has been borrowed. The opportunities God has given you has been borrowed. And one day the Bible says every man shall give an account of himself before God. Listen to me. When you and I lose our, lose our cutting edge, there is a cause to panic. Go ahead and keep on serving God ineffectively. You'll answer for it. Keep serving God without walking with Him. And keep working for Him without having fellowship with Him. And keep on being effective in your service for the Lord. And listen to me. You're going to give an account one day. Friend, when you and I lose our cutting edge, we ought to be panicked. 
We see the problem. We see the pause. We see the panic. Notice number four, we see the pleading as well. We see the pleading. The Bible says in verse five, the second half, and he cried and said, Alas, master, alas, master. When he saw that the axe head was gone, it flew off and into the water. He turns to Elisha and he asked Elisha for help because he knew that in and of itself, he had no ability or power to restore that axe head. And so he had to ask for Hell, can I say this in the Christian life, when you and I lose our cutting edge, the only way that you and I can recover it is to ask for help. Can I say this, and, and th this ought not shock anybody, but sometimes people get we weird about preachers, and so hang on to your seats when I say this. There's mornings that I wake up in my Christian life, the last thing I want to do is read the Bible. Uh, preacher, you're not supposed to say that. Listen to me. That's reality. Is it okay to be transparent in this place? There's days when I wake up and the last thing I want to do is pray. There's days when I wake up and the last thing I want to do is have compassion on other people at Walmart. Come on now. There's days that I wake up and I don't love Jesus like I used to. There's days that I wake up and I don't hate my sin like I ought to. Well, Brother Taylor, well, what do you do in days like that? Here's what I don't do. I don't walk over to my office there in Arkansas and sit down at our church, at our church office and I don't sit there in the corner and just try to muster up the feelings. You say, what do you do? I walk over to my office and I close the door and I sit down in my chair and listen to me, I ask for help. And I get raw and honest and transparent with God. And I say, God, I don't feel like reading your word today. Lord, I don't feel like praying today. Lord, I can sense in my heart that I don't love you like I used to. And Lord, I can sense I'm starting to get a little too comfortable with my own sin. God, I need help because I've lost my cutting edge. You've got to ask for help. Listen to me, not just from the first and foremost from the Lord, but we ought to ask help from other people. There ought to be people in your life, Christian friends and mentors and leaders in your life that you can go to and you can get honest with them and say, listen to me, I'm discouraged and I'm in a spiritual rut and I'm just in a, in a dry spell and I, I'm just in a season of apathy and I can't shake loose from it and there's just a heaviness on me and I'm just in a spiritual fog and I don't know how to get out. I don't want to be here, but I am here. I need some help and some encouragement. You got a friend like that? Are you able to bring yourself to tell someone that? Most of us want to strut around here like a peacock and act like we got all this together. Listen to me. You keep living that way, you'll never recover your cutting edge. But when you humble yourself and you start asking for help, that man, that woman, and that teenager is on his way to recovering the cutting edge in their life. Number one, we see the problem. It didn't happen all at once. It happened gradually and slowly. We see the pause. When it came off, he, 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 he simply just stopped swinging and took a break and reconnected. We saw number three. We saw the panic. We saw four, the pleading. And number five, last thing, we'll shut her down this morning. We see the power. We see the power. Notice the story ends with a miracle here in verse number six. The Bible says, and the man of God said, where fell it? By the way, that's a great question to ask. When you lose the cutting edge in your life, you want to retrace your steps and ask yourself, how do I lose it? Uh, when did I lose it? Uh, where did I lose it? And it goes on to say, and he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and notice the last phrase here, and the iron did swim. Can you imagine that in your mind's eye? Can you just see as that iron axe head floated back to the top of the water? Listen to me, that was a miracle. The story ends with a miracle, and by the power of God, the axe head was restored. And by the power of God, He can restore your cutting edge this morning. Listen to me, as your friend, I don't know you from Adam, you don't know me. But there are some people here this morning, you've lost your cutting edge. If you were honest this morning, you would say, I don't love Jesus like I used to. I don't have a hunger for His Word like I used to. I don't have a desire to spend time in prayer like I used to. Listen to me. Whatever you have lost this morning...
Jesus has the power to restore in your life. Jesus can restore what you have lost. Have you lost your cutting edge? Father, thank you this morning for these people that have come this morning to your house. Lord, we need you this week. And Lord, our focus is simple. We're not focused on politics this week. We're not focused about what's going on and uh, on the news or anything else in this world. We're focused on our relationship with you. If you're here this morning, say, Brother Taylor, I knew we had revival coming. We've been looking forward to hearing a speaker we've never heard before. This is always an exciting week for our church. We always anticipate it. And Lord, I've been excited about all that. But you say, Brother Taylor, I, I, I didn't realize that I really need this week as much as I do. I really, this week, need Jesus to work in my heart. Would there anybody this morning be honest enough to raise your hand and say, Brother Taylor, that's me. I need revival this week. I sense that I've lost my cutting edge and I need Jesus to restore it once again. How many would say, Brother Taylor, I've, I've not lost my cutting edge, but the axe head's starting to get loose. Brother Taylor, that's me. That's where I'm at this morning. Would you, would you raise your hand? That's me, Brother Taylor. Maybe there's someone among us this morning who would say, Preacher, I, I've never lost the cutting edge because I've never had it. I wonder if there's somebody here among us this morning who would say, Brother Taylor, I, I don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't effectively live for Him and effectively serve Him because I don't know Him. Oh, I know about Him. And I've been to church, and I know the stories, and I, I recognize the songs, but truly in my heart of hearts, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, this morning, Brother Taylor, I, I know this, I, I know I don't want to go to hell, but I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven. I don't know that I know the Lord Jesus Christ. Preacher, would you pray for me this morning? I'm concerned about that. If that's you, would you raise your hand this morning? Brother Taylor, that's me. I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to heaven one day. If that's you, would you raise your hand this morning? Preacher, that's me. Preacher, that's me. Anybody like that at all? Pray for me. Pray for me. Lord, you see the hands and the hearts. Help us to respond this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet as the piano begins to play. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if God spoke to your heart this morning, won't you step out and just, just come and get honest and transparent and real with the Lord? Uh, why don't you just tell Him right where you're at? Lord, this is where I'm at this morning. Lord, I'm the one who needs revival. I don't know about anybody else in here. I don't know where anybody else is at spiritually. But I know for me, Lord, I need you to do a work in my heart this week. Lord, I'm not concerned about my spouse. I'm not con concerned about, about my kids this week. Though, though I am, yes. But the greatest need is, is for me to have revival this week. Lord, I'm not as close to you as I used to be. Lord, I'm not where I ought to be. And Lord, that bothers me. Lord, would you help me to get back to that place? Lord, I've gone, I'm in a season of discouragement right now. Lord, I've got more questions than answers right now. Lord, my heart is overwhelmed right now. And I know in the midst of my hurt, in the midst of my discouragement, in the midst of my confusion, I know this, I don't need to run from you. And though there is a temptation to do that, Lord, I need to run to you. Church, the Victory Way Baptist Church needs the Lord this week. Lord Jesus, move in this place. Meet our needs. Revive our hearts. Help us to fall in love with you once again. Brother Mike.
Brother Taylor. This morning we'll close with our song, uh, Redeemed. And that is, uh, as he had mentioned, that's uh, the whole point is Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him as Lord and Savior, then don't leave this place without, without getting that settled and getting that solidified today. Let's sing the first verse and the chorus of Redeemed. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the back and uh, Miss Jessica that folks could greet you on their way out and uh, what a good just I mean I love the way to that just right there where we live wasn't it amen and uh, something we all need that's where it's all about listen it's about our individual relationship with the Lord and we allow so many things to interrupt that so boy, I'm looking forward to this week I like I like messages I can understand. Amen. <laughs> and uh, so thank the Lord for that. How many, what time's tonight? Y'all remember? What time was that? All right. Somebody call and wake me up. Make sure I get here. It was 7 o'clock. Amen. Tonight, looking forward to uh, every night again through Wednesday in the house of the Lord. Be there. What an encouragement that is to one another. You know, we're to provoke one another to love and to good works and to exhort one another as we see the day approaching. Don't you see the day approaching? <laughs> uh, the, the time's coming. And thank God for that. Even so, come Lord Jesus. But let's hear a couple more messages before you come. Amen. And uh, take that challenge and let's live it. God bless you. Have a great night.